If you're a racist, I want to motherfucking call you out. I've never done that, but I know publicists who have. Like, don't try to be Dixie D'Amelio. I've had sex with people that are like, oh, you should work out. <laughs> really? I was inside you. That was fine. Uh. What's up, party people? Welcome back to another episode of Here's My Number podcast. And as you can see, we once again upgraded and we are at the wonderful Gotham podcast studio in New York City. And we are back with a very juicy episode for you today with a very special guest who I'm going to have introduce himself and kind of give us the needs to know about you. What are the needs to know? <laughs> um, first of all, I love the studio. I lo I'm like in my bedroom. Um, my dad's always like, what are you doing in there? Um, probably TikToking. That's all I do. And every day I get like a hundred messages, but you're too old to be on here. And I'm like, fuck you. Can we yeah. pass, by the way? Yes. Um, I hope so. Um, <laughs> yeah, so basically I used to be a publicist. I used to work with like A-list celebrities and then I realized I was funnier and more attractive than they were. So I just moved in front of the camera. <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of where it all started. And then I started TikToking in March and then it kind of became a thing and it kind of took off and then Instagram and I don't know, I just stopped caring. I think you reach 34 and you're like, fuck it. And you just do it. And yeah, that's my attitude. It's like, fuck it and just go with it. I love that. Right. I'm wearing a shirt today that says fuck off. Oh and I feel God, like perfect. that is so fitting for the vibe right now. Good energy. Um, Good energy. I also love the confidence. We're going to talk about that because that's like our whole point of this podcast is teaching people how to like not give a fuck and put themselves mm -hmm. out there. Um, but first, we usually play a game called Games We Have Time For, where we ask rapid fire questions just to get everybody warmed up, get the butterflies out. So we're going to hit you with three Rapid fire questions if that works for you. Let's do it. Okay. You want to ask? No, you go. Okay. You them. First one describe your ideal or perfect first date with myself. <laughs> 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 I hate first dates. It's so awkward. I don't care if you're close to your mom, I don't care that you like the color purple. It's oh like so my God, you are my spirit animal. I feel like I say that <laughs> all the time. Um, if I could just skip to like the whatever, I totally agree. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, I want to skip to where you can pee in front of each other. You know yes. what I mean? Like get to the good stuff. Yeah. I'm bored. I, I could not agree with you more. Okay. Second one. Um, let's see. If you had a metaphorical gun to your head and someone said, you have to recite every single line of this song perfectly or else you're dead. What would your song be? Oh, it, I think Unbreak My Heart by, um, oh my God, who sings that? I, here I am saying, Tony Braxton. Oh my God, like that's my go-to karaoke song. That is like, will give me life. And I can hit that vibrato. So I just really feel it. Every that note. Can we, can we hear like a little of it right now? Unbreak yeah. my heart, tell me you love me again. And my voice is not great. Listen, I went to a singing teacher and after six months, she told me singing is not your thing. But well, I think you crushed it. If someone asked me to sing on the spot, I'd be like, go fuck yourself. Um, that was amazing. Perfect. Thank you. Okay, thank you. last one. If you were to eat lunch with somebody dead or alive, who would you pick and why? I want to have lunch with Donald Trump and you, I listen, I hate him. Like I'm always posting about him and anti him. I just want to be like, is there a person there? Like yeah, beyond yeah. the orange skin and the bad highlighter, like, is there a person there past mm -hmm. the girdles? So I, like I don't it. know. Yeah. 
That's what I want. Like, really want understand where it comes from? Mm-hmm. Like, like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, what happened to you like, as yeah. a child what, type of deal? Yeah, like, what's going on, sweetie? Like, what's happening? Why are you yeah. wearing heels? Like, yeah. I just need to know. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I think those are some of the best answers we've gotten so far. <laughs> Thank you. Donald <laughs> Trump is such a good one. And I think you're right. Someone's got to do it. And so I thank you for... Of biting the bullet, being the one I to know. eat lunch. The gay man in me was like, I have to say Lady Gaga, but I was like, no, I really want to have lunch with Donald Trump. So yeah. I just had to go with No, that. I respect that. Oh my God. That's a great answer. Okay, Thank so you. we did our research before Ooh, you jumped on. Okay. And oh, shit. we know <laughs> Here we go. Goodbye, we know guys. Everything Bye. about I'm you. Out. Everything about you. <laughs> and we know you refer to yourself as the queer Persian queen, which we love. Mm-hmm. But would you be able to elaborate on this a little more? Where does it come from? How did you make up your nickname? Do you still go by, like, do you still refer to yourself as that? What's the deal? I'm, like, such a Gemini, so I'm constantly changing these monikers. So first (laughs) it was, like, human unicorn. Then it was, like, queer Persian queen. And now it's just, like, Amir. So I kind of, (laughs) like, I go in and out of these personas but yeah, that one is definitely, I think it stems from growing up in a very conservative household. Like I, my parents are very religious and Muslim and I'm kind of different than everyone in my family. And I think mm-hmm. Persian culture, aside from Shahs of Sunset, a lot of Persians are very like closed off and not very open. And I think me posing in wigs and dresses and makeup, I don't always love that. I think I do it because it's shocking and I want to make people think and realize that there are different types of Persians and queer people. So mm-hmm. I, I think I just like to kind of break the norm. I think it's boring to think, oh, okay, you do hair, so you're gay. Like, there's so much more to queer people. So I like to kind of push the envelope a little bit. Yeah. Thank you. And, yes. I love, and I love that you're, like, always evolving because I feel like I do this to myself where I'm like, this is, like, my definition, and then I get stuck in it. And I'm like, ooh, well, yeah. this is how I've defined myself. I can't break out of it. But, like, it's so inspiring that you're like, no, 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 like, I can do, I can call myself whatever I want to call myself. Totally. And I think everyone has that freedom. Like you only, a lot of people were telling me that I'm non-binary when I first got on Instagram and I was like, I'm not like, I'm very happy being male. I'm very happy with he, him pronouns. But Mm -hmm. a lot of people, it's funny. People were trying to tell me that I, I was part of a group that don't define themselves. And I'm like, I do define myself. So it's funny. People will push you. And I think it, at the end of the day, you got to do what feels right. When I first started Instagram, it was actually called coming out with love. And it was all about inspiring people and like quotes and it just wasn't me. I wanted to call people out. I wanted to call out racists and homophobes. I wanted to call people out. I was over calling people in. If you're a racist, I want to motherfucking call you out. Mm -hmm. So I changed my Instagram and I gave myself freedom to be who I am. And a lot of where I come from is a place of jadedness, but it's also like this unicorn energy. So you have to play both sides and it's fine. Yeah. I feel like your TikToks and we will get to your TikToks and your Instagram really are just that. It's like calling people calling people out and I think a lot of that comes from like the confidence that you have as a person to be able to do that and be like I'm gonna call you out and I don't give a fuck what you have to say about it we're gonna get there I think maybe I just jumped the gun um I think first let's start on like how you kind of got into wanting to be a publicist because I do think that's a role where you do have to have like a lot of balls to be able to be like I'm gonna do this I know my shit I know what I'm doing I'm smart I'm better than you Let's figure it out. So how did you, like, what was that journey like for you? And what was that experience like for you? Well, I think a lot of people see PR and they think like, right, Samantha Jones from Sex and the City. It's like glamorous and fun and you're like in charge. But most of the times you're wearing all black and you're like in the back. They don't give you food. Like you're running around 
on a red carpet, like chasing celebrities. And for anyone that's never worked with a celebrity, it's like working with a five-year-old. Like, you know, when you babysit, they're just famous. <laughs> they're just famous babies. None of them have money. So you go to a restaurant, they're like, order everything on the menu. And they're like, can you pay for it? And then we'll reimburse you. I'm like, bitch, I'm getting paid $10 an hour. Like, yeah, why am I paying Michael B. Jordan's dinner bill? But like, it, that's just how celebrities are. Like they are in their own world. And they will throw tantrums and you have to manage it. And like, they'll call you at 4 a.m. for Taco Bell. I mean, it's just very bizarre. It's a very bizarre job. The reason I got into it is because I'm like such a problem solver, but you know, almost, I think it's, I'm gonna age myself, but I think it's 12 years ago when I first got into PR and I was like one of the only gay people in the room. And there was so much like homophobia. Like I came into rooms and people would be like, oh, I don't wanna work with him because he's a little too gay. Or there was so much like microaggressions that happen. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've had a stapler thrown at me. I've done fashion weeks with like Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. Like you do all this stuff and it's really aggressive. But I think what has helped me is the confidence. Cause I think you have to be so sure about what you're telling a celebrity. Cause if you like falter, they'll know. Like, have you guys ever tried to sneak into a club before you're 21? Yeah. If you walk in with yeah. confidence, they will not card you. But uh -huh. if you're like, oh, can I, they're like, uh, like celebrities are kind of like a bouncer. Like they know they're like, oh, you seem kind of green. I'm going to take advantage of you. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I learned that very early on and it really gave me this, the thick skin that I have now. And, you know, I receive hundreds of hate mail and messages of kill yourself and slit your throat and da 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 every day. And I think that if I wasn't a publicist, I think that would affect me a lot more than it does. Yeah. That's horrible that's like almost harder yeah. than I feel oh like my God. and I do feel like being famous is more difficult than people give it credit for but it almost feels mm -hmm. like being a publicist for a famous person is even more challenging yeah absolutely oh my god I would I no 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 quit day and one. they don't give you any credit like literally if they become famous they always fire their original publicist like it's rare that a celebrity keeps that original person so it's like you help people kind of get their career together and they're like okay upgrade like see ya mm -hmm. dang well you are clearly a very successful publicist how did you even like how did you manage to just like going from the bottom to that being, to yeah have, like, like being a normal person to now like getting shit being a mother to you. being a a-list publicist <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, you're screwing yourself to the middle, pretty much. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I was very above board. I was very, I was not, like, I was very professional, actually. It's funny, my friends, every time they came to an event, they were like, you are so professional. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to be like, suck a dick, like, at an A-list event. Like, I know how to be professional. So I think it, I, I mean, honestly, there's no... Getting to work as a publicist is like a very zigzag process. You're never, it's never linear and it's never like do this and then you'll become an A-list celebrity, like celebrity publicist. But the problem is like, you're never gonna really get to a very big level unless you open your own PR firm and there's so much bullshit and there's mm. so much like, PR people are so shady because a lot of these celebrities want drugs and, you have, and I've never done that, but I know publicists who have like, they want hookers or drugs or they want like a dress and they want you to like literally go to the studio and take it from someone else, like put it in your car, drive it over to the celebrity. Like there's so much shadiness stuff that like, I think I just got tired of it. And that's one of the reasons I kind of burnt out. I feel like we've talked so much about um, kind of the shitty part of it. What's the best, what's the best experience you've had as a publicist or one that like you'll look back on for the rest of your life and be like, worth it. That was shit was cool. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I mean, there's a lot of moments that you're like, whoa, this is really cool. Like I'm a part of it. Like, I think 
being backstage with like Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie when they were like uber, uber famous. And like a couple of years later, running into Nicole Richie at Fred Siegel. And she was like, Amir, how are you? Like, she kind of remembered me. And like, that was like really cool where celebrities will remember you. Like, um, I worked really closely with Michael B. Jordan. So there was moments where he would literally be shirtless in his house, walking around in like tiny boxers. And I'd be like, is this my life? Like, this is yeah, kind of yes, amazing. Please. So there's moments like that. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Growing up, I used to tell my my parents that Paris Hilton was my idol before I like knew what she was famous for, and my parents would be like, "I'm like, no, like she is. You don't get it." And they used to get she's so amazing. Mad at me. Yeah, she's so cool, and I feel like she gets hotter. We love her. The hot, like the older she gets, the hotter she's getting. And yeah, I hope she's that so happens hot. To me. And now her saying like, "I'm using a fake voice the whole time." Like she's a genius. Like yeah. I, I'm just like Wait, so in awe of her. I didn't know that. How did I miss that? Yeah, that face, that voice has been fake. Like she, her documentary, um, This Is Paris, like super like amazing. She talks about how like the voice is fake. Like she doesn't do that with her friends and family. And she never did that in backstage either. I was always like, this is a very normal voice. Like she wasn't doing that baby doll voice. Oh my God. That. I know. Wish, Wish I thought of that. I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so Literally. smart. Nobody takes you seriously. Nobody expects anything from you. Yeah. Smart. Wow. Um... Do you want to jump into the confidence thing? What was that? I was I had one more question. Oh, what? And again, I might be jumping around now. So, what do you do now? Did you just like straight up? Were you like fuck it? I'm not doing this anymore. Or you kind of touched on in in the beginning, but a little, can we dive into it a little more? Of course, we. It's very dramatic. I'm happy you asked. <laughs> I um, love a dramatic story. I, I'm such a Gemini. I feel bad for my dad. Like he owned his own business. He's like an immigrant. He thought I would take it over. And like, he, I, I have an MBA. Like he thought, okay, he's a business. He's going to do business. But I've had like every job. I've been a decorator. I've been a real estate agent. Every job is so dramatic. The exit. Like I remember I was hosting an open house for when I was a real estate agent and someone asked me a question I didn't like, and I just walked out and never did it again. <laughs> like I'm very dramatic. So I, I, my boss, um, God bless her. She's so nice. This British woman. She was so, that was my last job. And she was just lovely. Anyway, she came to me and she's like, can you do this this weekend? There's some kind of like, I don't even know, Grammy party, whatever. So I, and I like, I had an audition for the show called dating no filter, which in retrospect was the worst decision of my life. <laughs> um, they reached out it's on e they reached out they're like oh do you want to be on this dating show and the audition was that day and she wouldn't let me get out of the job so i was like i quit i just i'm gonna do the dating <laughs> show and i'm gonna meet like the man of my life i'm gonna meet the man of my dreams we're gonna like go off into the sunset together i'm single af so it obviously didn't work out um i'm basically like lauren when she didn't go to paris from the hills like that's me like i had no happy ending and so, yeah, that was a bummer. And then I saw my boss a couple months later and she's like, did you meet the man of your dreams? And it was just so heartbreaking. But yeah, that was, <laughs> that's why it left. <laughs> did the show end up happening? Is it like, can you watch it somewhere? Would we be able to watch it? You can watch it, but it's a cringe-a-linge moment for me because not only was my hair so platinum blonde and the roots had come in, I had a weird three-month kimono phase so I was wearing a kimono and it was just, I oh, went down I like a slide it. and there was a mic pack and there might've been like somewhat sounding of a fart that then they <laughs> used. I mean, they really embarrassed me. It was uh, Well, fuck that. <laughs> it was not a good moment. I got a lot of messages from people, especially ex-boyfriends being like, did you fart on national TV? <laughs> That's great. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> 
Thanks a lot, E. Thanks a lot. That's so funny. I love that. And like uh -huh. sad for you, but How funny for me. Thank I, you. I don't know why. <laughs> That's so funny. I you mean, can see it. It's still there. E on demand. I watch it whenever I'm really, really sad. Yeah. The times where you just like want to feel worse about yourself. When I farted. Uh, yeah. You know when you want to feel worse? You just yeah. want to get really in the dumps. Like that's really gets me there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Well, do you want to jump into the confidence thing? Yeah. So normally on our podcast, we talk a lot about yeah. putting ourselves out there in the dating world. In your career, you get you mentioned it before, you get so much hate mail, you get so much like yeah. I feel like big celebrities maybe clapping back or talking about you and like saying certain yeah. things and you have to have a level of confidence that so many of us average people don't even have to think about on a day to day basis. Like I don't have to worry about whether Michael B. Jordan likes me or not. Um, and so mm -hmm. it's like, how did you, and I know it's like a lifelong process, but like maybe how did you get that confidence? Just like feel okay with who you are, knowing that it doesn't matter what other people have to say about you. And then maybe the second part is like any advice that you might have to someone. I feel like a lot of our listeners are like, well, I, you guys say all this shit, but like, how do we actually do that? So maybe any advice that you might have to people struggling. And also, how did you going, you mentioned in the beginning how you were different than the people around you, your family. Like, how how did you handle that? Because then again, I would think the opposite. I'd be like, I'm different than everyone else. That's not going to grow any confidence. But it seems like quite the opposite actually happened for you. Yeah, so I'll start with the family question. And um, I think because that like kind of sets up the confidence like for the other two questions. Um, with my family, like I didn't really look like them. And the running joke was always that I was adopted. So like that growing up, like teachers would always say like, you don't look like everyone else. Like you look different and that just even looking different. And then also, you know, my mannerisms were more feminine. So like that also standing out as a boy, like, oh, boys can't do that and stuff like that. I really became very closed off. I was like very, very antisocial for so many years. I think up until I was like 17, I really didn't have a lot of friends. I was very closed off. Um, but I think that where my confidence comes from is a persona. I realized that if I make people laugh, I don't get bullied. I was always like 60 or 70 pounds heavier than everyone else. And I struggled with a lot of like body weight issues and all of that. So I thought if I make people laugh, I was instantly popular. So I think embodying a persona helps with the confidence. Like when I'm going to do a TikTok video, I am not Amir Yasai. I'm Amir Yas. The reason I created a persona was that I could mm. step into it and I could be like, next and like kind of irreverent. And a lot of people are like, oh, you're like Perez Hilton. And like, that always breaks my heart because I'm actually a very emotional person. I'm very vulnerable and I cry all the time and I'm like such a Gemini. So I think for me, people are like, oh, you're so confident. You do stand up and you can do all these things and talk in front of a thousand people. But I, that's a persona. So I'm not really like the confidence I always tell people is, is fake. Cause if you meet me, I am insecure. Like I don't like groups of people. I'm an outgoing introvert. So I actually like a lot of alone time. I travel alone. Like I'm pretty much okay alone. Like I've had relationships where like my ex was like, do you, I even need to be here? <laughs> um, you know, cause I'm very independent. So I think that like for people listening, because I know a lot of people say like, love your body, be confident. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, mm -hmm. It's a day-to-day -day process. Every day I wake up, I could feel very confident or I could feel like, oh fuck, I can't do it today. You know, and I, mm -hmm. a, a running joke that I always tell people is like, some days you wake up out of bed and you're like ready to fuck on camera. I mean, and I, and I mean that in the way that you're so confident and other days you just can't get out of bed and that's okay. You can have the two extremes. And there's this idea that 
we're always going to be one way. It's just, it's going to set you up for failure. I love that. I've been, I saw something the other day and I was like, having confidence isn't always like waking up and feeling your best. It's like knowing that Mm -hmm. one day, like tomorrow you might feel your best and it's okay to feel like shit today. I think Absolutely. it like ties back to what you were saying before that like it can always change. And I think again for myself, I'm always like it's this or it's this. It's not like <laughs> changing. So that's like such a healthy mentality to have that it can like always change. It always develops, and like it's okay to also have a bad day here and there. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. And it's okay to like need therapy or to need medication. I mean, it's fine. Like I had a lot of anxiety yesterday, and I was like, and when I was feeling that anxiety, I was like, oh my god, like can I do the podcast today? And I was like it'll pass. And it did. And I'm fine. Like, you know, and you, and you wake up and you're like, I'm at Starbucks. And then you're like, oh my God, like the human body is amazing. You could be in this like very panicky moment. And then a couple hours later, like you're fully okay. So mm-hmm. I think it's just to ride the wave and to, to kind of move forward. And I think when it comes to advice, I try not to give advice around it because everyone is so different. And a lot of people will message me like, how do I be confident? How do I like, you know, become a like public figure or like start posting videos on TikTok or Instagram? I'm like, don't try to be Dixie D'Amelio. Don't try to be Lady Gaga. Like, don't try to be someone else. Like when I started this stuff, I was always like, oh my God, this person has so many followers. I need to be like them. And that always set me up for failure because I don't have what they have and they don't have what I have. So like, remember that when you're, oh, that person's so fun and they're so funny. Well, you're funny too, in a different way. I love that. I love that. Thank you. I know. I know you you did you don't like giving advice, but I'm already like, whoo, 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 I'm so much better now. <laughs> um, okay, well, I love that. Um, should Thank we you. keep on track with the here's my number um vibe and get mm-hmm. into like more dating co- like we're gonna shift gears completely, do a 180 and do a little bit more dating culture in LA. What's that like? And maybe we'll get into some best and date best and worst dating story sorry i cannot fucking talk today hey it's okay good it's not my day no judgment (laughs) i told you no judgment it's like i I think when it comes to dating it's i mean gay dating in la is its own thing so it Mm -hmm. becomes like there's dating in la which is very aggressive and very like look based and like it's i call it the slashy so you have model slash actress slash bullshit slash bullshit slash bullshit so like there's a lot of that kind of behavior and there's a lot of um the my least favorite question in dating is always what do you do right people always ask me that and I'm like I'm a tv host and I have a podcast and like what's your real job and I'm like that's it motherfucker like that's the real job like because I think there's this idea when it comes to entertainment where if your podcast is not Joe Rogan or you're not on Netflix with a comedy special that you're not doing it Mm -hmm. and I think it's really important when it comes to confidence right Like, I mean, not all of us are going to be Joe Rogan. And I think it's really important that like, whatever you're doing, wherever you're doing, if I'm in my bedroom, I pretend I'm Mariah Carey in Madison Square Garden. And that comes through in the videos because I'm very committed to it. And Mm -hmm. even if I make a mistake or I say the wrong name, I still post it. Like people were like, oh, you said Charlie D'Amelio's older. I'm like, they're, they're fucking 17. I don't give a fuck about them anyway. I'm posting the video (laughs) because I just want to be like on the news cycle. So it's like, you have to kind of remember that. And I know I sound irreverent or flippant, but it's because you have to be in entertainment. Like you have mm-hmm. to have a thick skin. You have to be very, and a lot of people are like, oh, you're very bitchy. Well, why don't you try working in this industry? It's not easy. And also, why don't you try dating and you have a guard up, right? Like right, I've yeah. been on dates with people. I've had sex with people that are like, oh, you should work out. Like really, I was inside you. That was fine. But like my body's not good enough after. So that's interesting. 
So dating in LA is just a lot of that. Like, what do you do? And, you know, it's very white and straight acting and buff. And I'm like, none of those things. So I think sometimes it can feel kind of like an empty desert of dating. And it's just kind of a bummer. Yeah. LA and New York are like the two Mm -hmm. twin sisters that like don't like each other. And I feel like LA is like gets the rap of being like really superficial and really just like surface level. And I, I wonder, I feel like that's how it is in New York too, but mm-hmm. I think it's like maybe on a higher level. I've in been LA. told, I'm still trying to figure out if it's true or not, but in LA, they ask what you do in New York. They ask who you are. Oh, okay. Right? How deep. I feel like it's oh, right that's though. Deep. I feel like I think it's people right. are like, who are you? Or like, you know? Which is fair, but I also think in New York, everybody is a nobody. <laughs> unless you're like, unless you're like famous. Like, and in what? LA, everyone is at least trying to be somebody. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. trying to be somebody. That That's very LA too. And it's like, I think there's a shift in, I think in New York, I, whenever I dated, it was very much like, I remember a guy walked up and we both weren't feeling it. And it was kind of like that show on MTV Next. It was very like, okay, bye. Like we just walked past each other. Like nobody has time to waste. But in LA, it's like, well, let me go on a third date and kind of see what his vibe is. It's like the vibe sucks. Yeah. Like, you know, the guy didn't want to pay the $4 valley and wanted to split it. Like the vibe's bad. Like, yeah. No, you know, like, did not pass the vibe check. <laughs> oh my no, God. No, he did not. So have you lived in LA your whole life? So I actually lived, I grew up in Laguna Beach. So I grew up in Orange County. So, I mean, I wasn't really out when I lived here. So yeah, most of my adult life has been in LA since I was 18. That's a good area. I used to live in Huntington Beach. Cute. It's really cute. I mean, it's really cute. It's just aside from like the very Trump anti-mask vibe. I mean, it's fine. (laughs) Aside from that huge bomb that you just dropped sorry that's so funny it was just today i saw a guy at starbucks i'm like sweetie wear your mask over your nose over your nose i feel like you'd be the kind of person that would be like why don't you have your mask on would you ever call somebody out i wouldn't because i don't want to get spit on like i feel like people that don't wear a mask like will spit on you so i just try try to avoid it but i would i would like i would definitely gossip about you like really close to you (laughs) He's wearing his mask. Wear your mask, bro. All right. Back to dating. So we want to hear your thoughts on, again, I'm like, even though you say you're not confident, you still seem very confident even when we're talking together right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So what are your thoughts on making the first move in the dating world? Do you do that? Have other people done that with you, even with like your presence on social media? Tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, there. it's funny, like, certain times I'll get more DMs, and I, I don't really know, like, what kind of, it, I don't know what's in the water that all of a sudden there's, like, more DMs. But I think for me, with the, unfortunately, the gay culture is, like, so based upon, like, the person that is ignoring you is being ignored by someone hotter. So it's, like, mm-hmm. everyone's being ignored by someone else, and there's, like, so much dynamics and there's so much like oh I want that guy to like me and I think with gay men it's all about our eyes we're very like visual and very carnal so it's like oh that guy's not hot enough so he's why is he with that guy and it's like Mm. and I think the reason I don't have as many gay friends anymore is well first of all I slept with a lot of them but like that's (laughs) that's another issue that's another issue too like there's this idea of like kind of gay men kind of passing each other around and it tends to Mm -hmm. be very ancestral and it ruins friendship I think Mm it and I think that like I was celibate for a couple of months and a lot of my friends were like after a really bad relationship and a lot of my friends were like, 
what? Like, why? Like, there's a buffet. Like, why are you not partaking? And it's like this idea of kind of being gluttonous. Like, I'm trying to be more intentional with the way I reach out to people. I'm like, um, I heard this from, I can't remember who said it, but they were like, if someone's not into you, like, don't put like work into something that's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I used to always do that, but God bless the unsend button on the DMs because I think there's a lot of people <laughs> that I don't need to be like sending I see messages you. to. <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> never mind, never mind. I'm like, oh, you <laughs> haven't seen it in two hours. I'm deleting it. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Before yes. you talk about this with all your friends. Yes. That's how I feel. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I love that. So would you say that you're normally the person to put yourself out there first, or would you say you wait for people to come to you? Oh yeah, that was the question. Sorry. Um, like, yeah, I think for me, I tend to be more the aggressor, but I also don't want someone that's like, like I'm being the more like in charge one and they're like, I'm like, how are you? They're like, good. I'm like, oh, like if someone says a one word <laughs> yeah. thing, I'm like, I'm so dramatic and I'm like block, even though like they could be having an off day. I'm just like, I don't want to deal with it. I just can't. Yeah, like, no. It's too much work. Yeah. I feel like I'm, yeah. I feel like I vibe with that. I feel yeah. like I do the same shit. Yeah. I can't oh, carry the conversation. I have a bad back, bitch. Yeah. Like, you try <laughs> to carry the conversation. It's just like. And not okay. carry the team right now. No. Um, <laughs> okay. What is, when I say worst dating story, what's the first thing that pops into your head? Oh, God. I was thinking about this last night because I was like, oh, my God, what? There's so many. But I think one of the worst ones is I met a guy at a bar and then we went to like the Abbey, which is like this really famous gay bar in um, L.A. And I met his friends. He was really nice. He was like Persian. I don't generally go for Persian guys. They're very in control and very, very alpha and aggressive. Um, So he I was like, oh, you look so young. This should have been the first red flag. I was like, you look so young. And he was like, I'm not young. I'm 36. And that's my age. And I was like. I don't know you well enough. Like we pecked at a bar and I came with you to this other place. Like, I don't know you well enough. So I was like, this is so awkward. And then I was like, oh, can I get a drink? But I don't want too much vodka. I'm a little particular. I was like, put less vodka. And he was like, if you're not going to drink, you're going to be boring. And I was like, wow. I was like, wow. Okay. Okay. This is getting really aggressive. And then I got up to go pee and he was like, where are you going? And I was like, the restroom. And he's like, you better come back. And I think at that point, the Gemini in me clicked. And I was like, I can't with him. So I went into the restroom and I ran into one of my friends who's 6'5". And so I hit, I'm i 6'2". So I hid behind him and I walked out with him. I got so much aggressive texts from this guy. Like he was like threatening to beat me up. He was threatening to let, I mean, he was so crazy. Um, and the best oh. part is he messaged me a couple months later and was like, Hey, how are you? And I was like, do you nope, not remember nope, me? Nope, nope. <laughs> Bitch, wouldn't you like to know how I am? Right. I was like, do you not remember me? He's like, no. And I was like, wow. So you're that abusive where like, you're doing this on a regular basis. Oh Ew. my God. That was only first date. No, thank you. Goodbye. That was, that was a bad vibe. It was a really bad vibe. <laughs> oh God. Um. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, then let's hear about your best date. Oh, my best date? Um, Hold on, wait, I have a I question. Mean, I want to go back to yes, the worst yes. date. Sorry, he gave us a note Please. and I was processing Please. it. Yeah. Um, when you were meeting up with him, I guess before, like in your, I'm assuming you met on an app because I think that's what everyone does these days. But, like, were there any red flags before you got to the date of, like, this guy's probably a douche? Like, I know my type mm-hmm. is douchebag. So, like, if mm-hmm. someone's going to be a douche on a message, I'd be like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, whatever. He sounds like a douche. I'm here for this. But then, like, mm-hmm. I, so I think maybe I would look past that. But I'm wondering if there was any, like, 
people who are controlling like that tend to like speak or act a certain way. Wondering if there was any of that for. First of all, I relate to the douche factor. The person that ignores me, I'm like, oh my God, it's Casper the ghost. I love him. I love him. (laughs) Yeah, I'm obsessed. I've always had a crush on Casper and it continued into my dating life. So that's (laughs) unfortunate. Thanks a lot, Disney. Um, I, yeah, I mean, for that question, like, yeah, I met him actually, believe it or not, in like IRL. I didn't meet him on an app. So I met him at a bar and we clicked. It was very impressive. I was impressed with myself. I think it was like one of two times I met someone IRL that was like romantic. Um, I should have known when we were leaving, he had his hands on my neck and was like very aggressive. And like, I think when you first meet someone, you're like, oh, this is kind of fun. It's like, kind of Mm -hmm. like, oh, he's going to throw me against a wall. Like, what's Uh the vibe? And then he was very like, I'm getting the Uber. And there was some red flags of like being in control. And I might be feminine, but like, I like to be in control and I'm more like alpha. So I think mm-hmm. that should have known that this isn't going to work because yeah. he wasn't bad until I left the date. And then it was like the, the aggressive text, but like Psycho. he was just very alpha. And I was just like, maybe I don't understand his humor, but yeah, he was, I prefer him to someone that doesn't talk though. Like, cause at least I can deal with that. Like I've been on dates where like, there's no words. I'm like, and I, I don't know if you guys feel this, but have you ever been on a date and you're like, I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to say. I'm like, how did I forget everything? Yeah, how <laughs> like, did I forget my name? <laughs> yeah, like literally, if you told me who's the president of the United States, I'd be like, I don't, where are we? Like, I literally, <laughs> they're so boring and it just ruined me. So I don't know. <laughs> I love that. And I also hate when other people are like that too. Though. I'm like, I, oh God, I've i been breathe. on dates before where I'm like, do you have anything you want to say? Do you have anything you want to ask me? Yeah. It's it's brutal. So I feel you on that. That's actually true. I would rather it's so would, brutal. I would rather have someone say too much than yeah. the than the silent date where we're just like sitting there like looking at each other. Silent date is the worst. And you're like, can I go on my phone? I like can I go to the restroom and like go out the window? Like you're just like and then you start talking about the food. Like I if I'm on a date and we're talking about the mashed potatoes, like I'm never gonna sleep with you. <laughs> the food like, I, and the weather. Uh-uh. Oh God! Uh-uh. We don't don't need talk to about talk the weather. About <laughs> and then they're like, and then if they're nice, it's even worse. They're like, oh, it's gonna be great weather. We should go on a hike. I'm like, I will literally scoop my eyes out before I go on a hike with you. <laughs> like, it's crazy. I'm like, and then don't you feel like I'm sorry? I'm getting really impassioned, but then do you feel like you're on a they're on a different date? I'm like, are we on the same date? Like you're having fun? Like I don't. What is happening? Yeah, like. <laughs> What what vibe did I give off that you thought I was going to want to go on a hike with you? Because I'm not enjoying this. No, no, no. 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 I Absolutely love that. Not. Holy shit. And I love how passionate that just got. I live for that. Sorry. I got really into it because I've been on so many of those dates where I'm like, and then the person's like texting you later and they're like, you should come over. And I'm like, I don't know what we would talk about. Like, I just, yeah. I don't know. I just don't know. That's- that's so true i'm falling apart i'm falling apart i'm losing (laughs) headphones like i'm literally this is ruining me from the inside we have a few minutes left so maybe let's end on a positive note and jump back to what you said and say maybe what's the best first date you've ever been on it it didn't have to go anywhere but maybe your best first date yeah 
Okay, so yeah. for anyone listening who's single and finds me irresistible, the, the way to my heart <laughs> is the Grove. It's an outdoor mall in LA oh, and like, it's yeah. so adorable. Mm-hmm. And it's like very pandemic friendly and it's outdoor and there's a train. I don't know, I'm obsessed with it. Like when I live near it, I go like every day there. So I met this guy and um, he was super cute. And he was like, oh, like, do you mind if we go to the Grove? I love the Grove. First of all, that was already like, boom, like you're in, so I will give you, you're my husband. I will give, I, I will give myself to you. So <laughs> I, we, <laughs> that sounded very biblical. So we went to the yes, Grove and he was like so lovely and he wanted to take pictures and he wanted to take pictures of me for my Instagram, which is already like, whoa, you love me. Wow. And he was, yeah, he was wonderful. And then we spent three hours on the roof of the Grove making out. And I was like, I felt like I was in high school. We were making oh. out on his trunk. I was like, who am I? I feel like so cool. So that was my best date. You know, I love that. That's so cute. I love that. And I really and like the a small dick to high And school. it ruined it. Oh. <laughs> and then what? He had a small dick? Oh, no. I know, and it ruined Real it. Quick. Sorry. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> so much for ending on a positive note. <laughs> I know that well listen he used it well so like I am not gonna come for him he used it well so like it it was a savage comment but yeah I know it's all that matters it's all that matters we won't go any further than that (laughs) sorry I know it's supposed to be positive but it was the best date I've had that is positive that sounds like a dope date I know yeah it was good yeah it was good like I like when it when you feel like you're in high school again you're like making out and it's just ugh. Oh, and it's just it's it's so like it's so like wholesome and then I I saw him a couple months later at like a gay bar and he was like hey Grove like he gave me a nickname and I was like I'm into this like oh. this is making me yeah oh. so that was good I love Anyways. that <laughs> I should I, call him yeah. <laughs> oh my god call him should I call him I feel like you should yeah I think I might do it oh my god yeah I need to go on a cute first date wow oh, it feels I good feel like we it should, feels um, like it resets you yeah. I know you don't again want to give advice, but how how am I I'm just like freestyling here. I'm I kind of want to ask like a good solid final question of like any advice to no another word for advice and uh what am I trying to say? Help me out here, teammate. Um I don't know another word for advice. Do you have any advice? Guidance. For, do you have any guidance, guidance. for someone guidance. out there? that is struggling to fit in, that is struggling yeah. with their confidence. Um, yeah, just any guiding words um, to give them. And I know that's hard, might be cliche, but I feel like every time we like hear it, we're like, oh my God, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> totally. I think it's, I mean, it's important, like even when it feels kind of cheesy, to like have a mantra, like I know it's cheesy. Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying write on a post-it note saying you are okay or some bullshit like that. <laughs> like be a little more, or like be a little bit more original. Like don't quote Rumi and think you're deep. Like really mean it. Like I think a lot of people, especially on Instagram, it's a lot of like vapid, like love yourself and your friends and, and tell yourself you love yourself. Okay, fine. But like, I think have something that's specific to you. For me, it's like, you are enough. I know it sounds cheesy, but I think for me, I struggle with a lot of like, I'm not doing enough. I, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough fame. I don't have enough like followers. Like it's always, everything's not enough. And so mm-hmm. I think that for me that works, but find something that's like organic to you. Like, and for me, like counting backwards helps. Like I'll go 10, nine, eight. Like when I get overwhelmed and I get like that negative talk. And I always try to remember, um, Brene Brown is great. If you listen to her oh, special, she's amazing. I talk about her. 
I talk, all the time. This might as well be her podcast. I talk about her so fucking Stan. much on this. I love, I love her. her. I love her. I think she's so amazing because I also have a lot of distrust of like older white women. So I think seeing someone that I trust and like can like kind of be vulnerable around is like for me a big like that's been very healing because she talks about talking to yourself like you would a child. So remember that child protective services would take them because a lot of stuff, I'm not, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I don't have enough money. Like you would never say that to a child, right? Like if a child gives you a cell phone, whether it's real or fake, you answer it. Mm -hmm. It's the same with yourself. Like if someone is there and they're being awful to you, remember that they're, it's about them. Like when someone comments, like nobody cares on a post of mine, like that says more about them than me. Like, I don't, I don't look bad. They look bad. And sometimes they'll delete it. Cause they're like, no one's engaging with this bullshit. So yeah, I think it's just a matter of finding a mantra that works for you and remembering that some days you'll wake up happy and other days you're like, fuck. And like, it's okay to stay in bed and watch friends for the whole mm-hmm. day. Like it's fine. That was beautiful. I Thank you. Oh, that was so lovely. good. I feel like this, like episode, like everything you said, at least for me, like that hit home. Mm-hmm. That's great. I don't know if you can that see great. that on me, like I was like, oh, everything Aww. you're saying. <laughs> um, I love you guys. Yeah, Thank I thought you. that was really great. Um, last thing is, I would love for you to plug your Instagram, your TikTok, all your handles, your podcast, all that stuff, so that our followers can go check you out too, if you would like to do yes. that. Yes. I would love to do that. Yeah, Amir Yas official on Instagram and TikTok. And then my podcast is The Take On. It's part of the Broadway Podcast Network. And it's not Broadway themed. Like I interview all Bravo people. So like Housewives and Below Deck. So if you like anything Bravo, like, yeah, I have different dimensions, honey. So it's good. You're just, you do it all. You do it all. (laughs) And I think we could, I can talk for the both of us that we are so happy that you agreed to come on. Mm -hmm. We loved having you. I feel like I've known you for years and this has just been so wonderful. Can we hang out? Please. (laughs) Yes. I would love to. When things, you know, get a little less crazy, I'll be in New York for sure. So I'll come see you. Set us up. 2021. Uh, Hopefully, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Do you want to close well, this out? Yes. Again, thank you so much. We appreciate it. And that is all for this episode. So peace, love, blessings. Bye. Bye. Big shout out to our guy, Wesley, for producing this podcast as well as the music. Be sure to give him a follow on Instagram and Spotify.